It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at cboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts at cboc.com. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lookabaugh, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant and Workplace Communication and Negotiation Coach. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw with us, a voice and speech coach and a damn good actor, too. He is the official voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, everyone, welcome back as we continue our CBOC journey over the next few days. Uh, The next uh, 45 minutes, we're going to spend talking about how to drive the field of IO psychology with authenticity and professionalism. Um, Jeremy, can you give us a little more definition here about uh, how you want to take this conversation? Um, I like professionalism. I'm also a big fan of authenticity, especially working on video. And, you know, even what we're doing right now, if people aren't coming off authentic, you know, they're not going to get a warm reception from, from the crowd. So (laughs) can you give us a bit more, uh, make this a bit more defined so that the conversation doesn't, well, so I don't take over the conversation, start talking about being authentic on camera, because we can wait for that. Tom, I'm actually going to say, don't follow my don't follow my lead here because I'm going to break something real quick in terms of what I wanted to to focus on because it's a little different. I wanted to start and get a just get our brains thinking a little different. So think about the branding difficulties that we have as an organization and with awareness. Yes, it's coming to a tipping point. Yes, I believe in five to ten years it'll be a, a household name. And as far as the the title here, how do we drive the field with authenticity and awareness? There's a couple different. I, <laughs> so there's there's a couple different things. I think I think already. First of all, the reason I'll tell you why I laughed in a second. I think the reason first of all is because IOs by nature. I, I I I've said this a couple times. I think we're set apart from from different fields. I'm not in the other field, so I don't know if we are set apart or not, but we really have a passion. We, we actually care about getting things done. We actually, we, we do care about other people and we do want to add value to other people. There is some altruism, I think, that is embedded with, with IOs in general. We see, we see problems in the workplace and we want to, we want to help. I think that sets us apart. So I think that, and that kind of goes back to the whole, the Adam Grant book that somebody posted earlier, which was, um, I forget the title again. Anyone want to post that in the chat? I can't see the chat, so I'm just going to guess somebody did. So here we go, Tom, back to your particular question. So I think that's important, but I also think we need to be strategic. And when you look at it, we signed up to be IOs. We didn't sign up to be marketers. But guess what? If you're going to be a consultant, it's just like if you're in a, a candle business. You don't sign up to becoming a marketer and knowing legal stuff about business. And you just want to make candles. We just want to do good IO work. So... This is more towards the consult towards the external consultant. So there's going that way, but it's also very much for people who want to go into that nine to five or nine to 12 job and standard because you have to market yourself and you have to, a lot of times you've got to educate the public and recruiters who they may just see here. We have a job. It says here, you know, the, the web crawler saw that you had IO psychology and that's one of the key words. And I'm a recruiter. I don't know much about it. 
So you've got to educate. So there is that marketing aspect in it. So I pulled a little bit from this book called, uh, there's a book called The Brand Hijack. It's by Alex Whipperfirth. And I can't, I don't know what year, 2006. So I started thinking about just IO psychology in terms of driving it in a different way. And I think there are some things applicable. So in this book, for example, uh, how did Palm and Red Bull ignore what consumers said they wanted yet create new markets? And why can't Pepsi still at today knock in to the Red Bull market that they created? How did Pabst Blue Ribbon become the fastest growing domestic beer in 20, 2002? This is what it says. When it tastes like backwashing can hardly be said to offer aspirational benefits. So you look at the different things. And I like this because normally, Tom, in our like our podcast recordings, it's all scientific evidence, scientific evidence, which is fun. But I want to bring some other stuff in. Books that can be helpful because they help with insight and ideas. So they do this because it's a, sometimes you have a special brand which offers offers a vision which people can identify in which they want to involve themselves more deeply. So think about psychology just in general. A lot of people like psychology. It's fun. It's interesting. They don't necessarily get into a psychology career, but psychology at a base is interesting enough. So already, and this is where we, we need to start learning not to, to fear the, I don't know what we would call them, the, the counterpart, which would be companies or recruiters. It's already interesting. How can they, so what do they want to get involved in? And that's when it's, how do we look either individually when we're talking to people or more globally, when we're trying to get the message across differently, how do we speak to that particular person? How do we look at their own self-interest? And even we have a a CBOC member who is a DJ and that's really interesting. Side note, the, the, all the diverse backgrounds like of IOs, we have people that with the JDs, you know, that are lawyers, we have marketers, engineers, all these different backgrounds going into the field of psychology, which I, I think is it's, it's pretty cool because it gives a lot of, a lot of different background in terms of how to attend to different problems, which is also good because there's so many different niche areas that people can get, get into them. But back to the part about the DJ, a DJ knows how to speak to the masses, but make them speak make it feel like they're speaking to one person at a time. And that's something that is important for us to do is how can we involve more people with the benefits of IO psychology? Because where do our brains usually go? How do I sell IO psychology? Well, we have to talk about ROI. Okay, well, ROI is very difficult to talk about. It's very difficult to do, and it's also very expensive. Another thing here, it's all about the killer experience is what the author says. So how do you give people an incentive to participate? How do you create a community feel? And how do you foster a sense of of belonging? And how do you foster committed solidarity? And that's interesting. It almost made me think of CBOC, especially with those things, like with the community, the belonging, and and the solidarity. Solidarity means, and the example here was Napster, right? If anyone's old enough to remember Napster, free music sharing, yada, yada, but their solidarity was strengthened because of the repeated shutdown attempts. And then they bonded together and said, we're not going to shut down. So it created camaraderie and solidarity. What's solidarity A for IO psychology? We're all in this together because it's the job market's tough. Nobody understands what we do. It's like we're all you know pushing this rock uphill and we're all doing it together, which is why it's so important to get all of you great minds together 
And that's why this, this entire community is so important. We can all be, and I did take a little note. So Tom, you can always tell when I'm actually reading from something because I get really dry. <laughs> we can provide this by being trusted change agents and advocates and also really steering committees for organizations. And when you look at how do you foster a sense of belonging, it's the same kind of thing when you're working with organizations or with recruiters. It's we. It's how do we how do we get past this challenge that we are facing? And you you create this this bond. It, it almost makes me think of the enemy of the enemy is my friend. And that's what we do. We're strategists. We're problem solvers. And by gosh, we use really cool things like evidence and data to solve problems. So that's a good thing. So how do we create this? The enemy is the challenge. It's the enemy of both of us and you're our friend, but how do we be the DJ and how do we think about this on a broader scope? Hi, Dr. Ariana. I see that you're here. Glad to see you. From I can, there's so many people I can see like whoever pops up right in front of me. And Dr. Ariana is one of our experts. She'll be talking today too. So those are just, those are just a couple of the things. What I just said is by no means how the conversation for this uh, time together should go for this hour, but there are is more, but I'm not going to share it now because Tom, otherwise you're going to have to give me the hook. So Tom, please, sir, back to you. Yeah, your time's up, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> well, and if uh, especially for our experts, if you want to jump in and join the conversation, please do. Uh, also, if you're an attendee, raise your hand and join us and get your voice heard. Uh, I actually want to take it in, in kind of, the other side maybe of the coin here, Jeremy, with, you know, something that I've heard mentioned a lot is imposter syndrome. And you can't be authentic if you're living in imposter syndrome. Uh, so how do we deal with that just off the bat that, you know, it, you have to get past that imposter syndrome to be authentic and really truly to be professional as well, because nobody wants to deal with your imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. And by the way, somebody, if you want to go, there's a blog. If somebody, well, I guess nobody needs to put the link. If you go to Seabock and blog, we just posted imposter syndrome. So it's right there. We just posted it, I think like last week. The thing with I, with, I have seen people with like a decade of like corporate experience working in like as an IOHR hybrid, doing some really great things but more imposter syndrome than 99% of the people that that other that I've talked to. It's so relevant. And how, pull me back to your original question, is it how to deal with the imposter syndrome or how do we make sure that that's not affecting how we're branding IO? Well, I, I don't want any of this coming in anywhere near the branding of IO because it, you know, it'll taint it. But being an actor and, and someone who's, you know, taught in, in post-secondary, how do young actors go to that first audition as an actor when they don't have any professional experience, you know, and do they have the right to even be in the room? These are all the sort of questions that, you know, young actors go through. And I can imagine IO psychologists, especially when they come out of just completing their degree and they either want to get a job with an organization or they want to start their own business. But how do I promote myself? How do I be professional? when I haven't had that first client. First, I'll mention the, the one, it's a challenge, but it's good to see is when IOs are, are just graduating, it's really a, like what goes through the mind is, 
I've got these skills. It's I've haven't just learned something in school. I know how to apply it. Put me in coach. I just need a chance. And that's what goes through the head. Just give me a chance in the organization and I'm going to excel. And I believe that that's true. I believe that most IOs can just jump in and excel. But Tom, I want to throw it back to you. So what do the actors do? How do they, how do that new actors get over it? Yes, we pretend. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> I guess you, know, you act. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but also, you know, I will reinforce in them that you don't have a lot of professional experience yet, but what you have is incredibly good training. And you've had practical experience in your training that has gotten you ready to be in that position, to be in that room. You are where you need to be. That, that's the way that I deal with it with young actors, sort of like through psychology. Uh, Tom, Dr. Des- yeah. No, before, before you mention that, I'm actually more excited to hear what Destiny has to say than what I'm about to say. But what you mentioned is very important. So, and, and that's where it comes into your hire for potential competency rather than what's there. And that's one of the stronger things. There's a really cool article, which I'll, which uh, if I can find the actual article instead of just my notes, I'll put in, but it's from a Harvard Business Review. But that's where you get into your hiring. And that's, that's just a change really in the hiring market too, and how HR is starting sometimes to shift. Is there hiring, hiring for somebody's competency? rather than what they've done in the past. And I think that's one of the things that's also beneficial. We don't necessarily, people hear all the time, oh, fake it till you make it. You can do that. I don't, that's not, I don't think that's the best, (laughs) the the best approach. I think it's more of get involved, practice, get your legs wet, you know, get involved with opportunities, volunteer on projects, actually build up your, your, not, not just your credibility, but your competencies and then it, instead of fake it till you make it, it's more like a know it and then show it kind of thing. Tom, back to you to, to Dustin. Yeah. And one other thing I mentioned to actors too is that sometimes not the most talented person gets the role because one of the questions those people sitting on the other side of the table are asking is, do I want to work with this person? Nobody wants to be trapped on a set with somebody who's really difficult to work with. So that's just one more thing to keep in mind. Dr. Destiny, over to you. Yeah, I'll try to make this quick because I want to get to the others. But a few things. Um, If you've talked to me before, you've likely talked to me about imposter syndrome because I truly believe that everybody doesn't do something well for themselves. And that is give themselves what I call do credit, D-U-E, do credit. So you have skills, you have a toolbox, you know, here's the thing. If you walk, I I have a mentor who said this and it stuck with me and it'll stick with you. If you walk around with a hammer, you're going to see nails everywhere. But if you walk around with a toolbox, you'll start to pull those tools out as needed. And so giving yourself that due credit for the things that you have done, whether it was through school or through other work or through volunteerism, or, you know, you even use IOE skills as a parent as a coach, as a mentor. So, you know, being and just kind of really getting used to giving yourself the due credit in that, you know, and a lot of times, especially from the military community, people will say, well, you know, the team, but there was ownership in that team. Everything that that team did to get to where they were, you had ownership in that process. So think of it that way. What did I own in that team and give yourself the due credit? And then the other thing here is a lot of people are afraid to show up authentic uh, because sometimes they don't feel like it's the most professional or they project what they think 
that others think a professional is, right? So here's the thing. Um, instead of using the word authentic, how do you show up in your most natural setting? So my most natural setting is when I'm talking to others, when I'm helping others thrive, right? So I thrive when others thrive. That's when that's my most natural setting. So what is your most natural setting? And then if you can find yourself in situations and in work opportunities to put yourself in a natural setting, that is where you'll thrive. And so it's really important to figure out where you're natural and you do that through the due credit and the ownership. Uh, and then once again, just be because you are professional doesn't mean you can't be authentic. It is way easier showing up as yourself in social media and in real life than it is to put on the whatever persona professional hat you have. So food for thought as you're moving forward and, and figuring out where you land in this space. And one of the secrets about acting is, and this doesn't often get shared, we're always playing ourselves doesn't matter if it's a good guy or a bad guy. We're playing ourselves. Um, just why we spend so much time on the couch. Um, Aaron, uh, let's go to you. Yeah, I think Destiny honestly captured a lot of it really well. As somebody who is still early in my career and a former and still current hardcore people pleaser, imposter syndrome is definitely high on my list of things to still continue working on. When I think about authenticity, one of the things that helps me is, I forgot if it was Dr. Martha who was talking about this phrase or if it came from somebody else during one of the CBOC or the Work Cookie podcasts, but they said, hey, a thief is authentic. They come up to you and say, hey, I'm going to steal from you. That's authentic. And it makes me think, well, yes, that makes me think of therapy and spiritual work in the sense of a shadow self. If anybody has heard that phrase, that concept of, hey, those flaws that you're hiding, that that imposter syndrome brings out of, oh, no, they're going to find out that I don't know everything that they want me to know. Well, they have 30 years experience on you. You're not going to know. And so when you started to work on that and accept, hey, I can only show up the way I can, especially for those students, like Destiny had just said, you have tools that were given. And I walk in, I'm 26. Like I said, I come in in consultancy and I say, hey, I'm not going to be the best you've ever had. I'm not going to be the best that you can get, but I'm going to give you my best because that's my authentic self is I'll crawl through the mud. And I've actually done so. And for those who know me, I do Spartan races. I'm literally crawling in the mud because I'll do hard things for my clients. That's my authentic self. I'm not afraid to slip around and be a, be a goofball and learn things with others. But finding that like authenticity is important. And it makes me think to PSYOP. Uh, and I'm basically just throwing out a couple phrases, see what sticks for people. So it's just a little bullet point list. But during PSYOP, I met somebody, uh, Wayne Robinson, an executive coach that worked with Google. And he had one of the panels, actually. And he said something that stuck with me very hard and it's become a bit of a mantra, which is the quality of your coaching comes from the quality of your life. Your life experiences create your coaching. If I am hiding and reading all the books, but I don't apply it in my life, and I go to a client and I say, well, try this, maybe this, maybe this will work. No, I need to go there and say, yeah, I tried meditating and I was terrible at it until I figured this out. Or yeah, I tried jumping in with rejection therapy. I went to every cashier and said, hey, can I have the employee discount? <laughs> they left me out the door, right? Because I'm not an employee, but it's different things you got to try and have a quality life in order to create quality experiences and connect with people in that authentic way. The final thing I'm going to give you for those with imposter syndrome is a rough quote from, I believe it was Stephen Covey Sr., I want to say. I know that Junior has done the Speed of Trust book. I believe it's Stephen Covey Sr. 
he had a consultancy firm and had a young consultant who was saying, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to help people that are older than me or have more experience. And they basically said something along the lines of some people don't have 15 years of experience. They have one year of experience repeated 15 times. So you always know something that somebody else doesn't. Every person here knows something that I don't. And that's why I'm here learning from you all. I hope you do the same. Thank you. Great advice. Uh, Dr. Ariane Thompson, let's go to you. Yeah, I think that everyone as they're starting early career come across this imposter syndrome. I think a lot of times we're sort of taught or encouraged to emulate somebody else to be presenting as someone other than we are. And we even sometimes get feedback on working on things like executive presence. And while I think that that can be helpful and we can hone our professional style and how we present to others, I think it is really important to stay true to our core and who we are. And what's really supported me on this is not focusing on how I'm going to appear to a different group. So I think we can feel that, like, how how are they going to see me? How am I going to present? How are they going to, are they going to believe what I'm presenting? And I think when we can shift to what we're offering, I think we can get into a much more grounded place where we're Mm. focusing on what do we know as an IO psychologist that is the reason we're being brought in? So for me, that's often succession planning or leadership development. I know something in that space that is going to help my client that has other specialties. So I think that helps us to recognize our audience and then authentically bring the knowledge and experiences that we do have without getting caught up in image and how hyper-focused on how people are going to be perceived, which is going to probably make us less authentic in the long run. I often have this discussion with my daughters who are both, you know, young adults about, you know, and they're, they're in the age group where they're, they, they wish more people would like them. And I'm to the age now where I don't really care if you like me or not. Um, do Iowa psychologists need a little bit of that, of that confidence of, you know, I don't care if you like me or not. I know what I'm talking about. I think so, Tom. I think that we want to make sure that we're not coming across overly client-pleasing, as I might call it, or internal stakeholder-pleasing even. We are here with expertise to tell the organization what we know, and sometimes that involves delivering hard truths. Sometimes that involves giving them advice that they may not want to hear or feedback. So I think we have to let go of a lot of that in order to deliver the highest value of services. Great. Thank you very much for that. Dr. Rajanik. Hi. I love that we're having this discussion about imposter syndrome because I want to give my perspective of what I've experienced from a a new grad reaching out to Jeremy and saying, hey, you know, I want to do something. I need to do something. I got this degree. It needs to pay for itself at some point. I, I suffered greatly with imposter syndrome and not because I was not confident in my abilities on what I could and what I could not do, but because of my experiences within organizational settings, being a woman of color, having some traumatic events within those organizations led to some of that imposter syndrome. So again, it wasn't that I was not bringing my authentic self. Some organizations did not want my authentic self. They would rather me be a cookie cutter approach of what a HR professional look like. Granted, I know those weren't the organizations for me. That was uh, the terrible environment. But if you're someone coming from a different state, needed a job and needed money to pay your bills, 
all of these culminated into a lot of uh, a lot what has transpired into imposter syndrome of, of not feeling like you know you're not good enough not feeling like you you don't have the skills not feeling like you aren't able to do the thing that they would like to do but once i started getting more involved in communities that accepted me for who I am, like Dr. Destiny had mentioned, finding those environments that where you're comfortable, where you are able to be your complete, whole, authentic self, that imposter syndrome started to shed away. I didn't have that feeling anymore, but it is real from my perspective as a woman of color and the experiences that I was subjected to um, of not feeling good enough or like I had enough skills, you know, even though I did, those are real experiences. And I, I don't take those away from, you know, what, what I had to go through to get to this point. And isn't that, as you're describing, is that a bit of like an old paradigm that that's the way business used to be? It, I sort of equate it to the football coach where, all right, guys, you're never good enough. And you got to, you know, got to give me more here and you'll never, you know, get up to my standard. Mm. That is all changed now. or It's in the process of changing, I believe. And I think it's, IO psychology is leading the, the way there. Yes, I'm so thankful that this is an amazing field that is recognizing that the old standards of how business used to operate is not conducive to mental health. We talked about that before. And the the holistic person of being able to bring them themselves to the organization and be rock stars within that organization. So um, yes, the standards are changing. I'm I'm glad that they're changing. IO is at the forefront of getting those changes to be implemented by way of DEIAB. You know, being more inclusive. Um, Dr. Destiny talked about this community being more indicative of belongingness. Um, so that's essential to our well-being. We want to feel like we belong into a place. And if you're not having that experience, it could do, you know, a lot of damage. It certainly can. Lee, let's go to you. One thing that, that I think of, if you could call IO psychology, you know, what, what is our superpower? And, and it's one that's completely off the charts because, I mean, it's, it's not flying and leaping buildings and all that kind of stuff. It's the ability to ask the right questions. Because often the right question is so much more important than the answer. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, that's when you have to start turning those those questions inward. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm scared of? You know, what is it that I think I can't do? You know, and it may be uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. We've all had that moment. But you have to remember that you are a unique conglomeration of your of your knowledge and your experience. And that there's nobody else that has that particular combination. And are you right for every job? Of course not. Do you want every job? Again, of course not. You know, from the said earlier, you know, if that organization doesn't want your authentic self, well, guess what? That's not the place for you. Embracing your imposter syndrome to get in there, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be successful. It's not a good fit for you. So keep looking. When you look at what a particular opportunity is, do I really want this? It's not so much, can I do it? Because of course you could do it. I mean, you know, look at the people in this room. Is there anything we can't do? Yeah, I mean, list is small, but do you want to do it? And and I get that there are times when that's going to, you know, the, the, the mass is a little different. If you need a survival job or something like that, I mean, there's, there, there's always exceptions. But when you are looking for your next opportunity, do you want it? Don't just, well, I should. Uh, throw that out. 
do you want to do this next job? Okay, well, yeah, I do want to do this. Okay, why do I want to do this? Okay, how do I match this? And look at yourself. Well, I don't feel like I can't. Well, no, 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 no. That's that's what that's the imposter thing. Well, let's throw that out a second and look. What does this job need me to do? What do I know or have done that applies to that? And you can do a self-assessment right there and you can figure out, do I feel like I am a fit for this position? And if the answer is yes, well, then, as Tom said, play yourself and, and go for the Oscar. So it's going to take some introspection. And, and I have been guilty of this myself. I mean, I, I've done it through my, my career in the Navy. I didn't get a choice a lot of times. This is the job you get. Oh, crud. Can I do this? Well, I don't have much choice. So for me, it was good because I figured out that can I do it? Well, yeah, I can. You know, when I when I had no choice, I mean, I had to step up. I had to get it done. And you can do the same thing. And, you know, and and speaking to think, you know, the statistics are and somebody can correct me on the exact statistics, but a, a man will will apply for a job when he meets 50 percent of the requirements and a woman waits till it's like 80. And I, I dare say that you're shortchanging yourself at that point. And you don't want a job that you can do 80% of this stuff because how are you going to grow? Very, very true. Thank you very much for that. Lee, Amanda, let's go to you. Hello. It's been a while. There's just been something that I keep hearing as it relates to like the investment of yourself into wherever you're looking at. So authenticity is one of my core values in addition to this colleagues of mine. And she couldn't have put it better than I've ever heard is it takes too much energy to be somebody that you're not. And it's the same thing with the imposter syndrome. When you're trying to put so much energy and funneling it into a hole you don't fit in, it's not that it's not meant to fit. So if you can find the portions of yourself that will fit and advocate to use those, those can really help in on that. And I look at the end of the day, do I want to be spent all day from investing in a portion of myself that is not who I am? Or do I want to feel somewhat drained, but still energized at the end of the day and not have enough of myself to give to my family? Yeah, that's that's not a hard choice once you really sort of look at it. <laughs> Dr. Juliet, let's go to you. Hello, everybody. So I wanted to circle back, if that's all right, to uh, Dr. Rajanik's perspective. I, of course, I'm a Black woman, purple and blue hair. I'm also a child of immigrants. And I noticed that there are a lot of people who are joining from different countries. So I think it is very helpful to amplify the experiences of those who sometimes feel like they have no choice but to abbreviate themselves because the narrative is that you are not welcome as your authentic self, right? Um, you know, if you have an accent, you have to force yourself to speak English a certain way or to code switch, right? So that you can be accepted. Um, it's almost the standard that's imposed on a lot of people of color, on children of immigrants, of immigrants, especially those stepping into the IO space. So I wanted to amplify that. I will say that what I appreciate about the community in CBOC is that there are people who are allies, right? And they don't have to wear the ally label. I am a testament of reaching out to Jeremy, right, who is a white man and has more he has his experiences, right, of things that have been effective for him. And I've been able to lean on him and ask him for uh, salary negotiation tips, right? How can I present myself? Because oftentimes, culturally, we're told not to speak up or we're not given the access to resources or people who can allow us to speak up for ourselves. 
I've had the honor of working with Dr. Rajani, Dr. Jeremy, and other people who really allowed me to tap into myself, into my authenticity, and say, yeah, just, you know, purple hair, blue hair, pink hair, it is what it is. Um, If they don't like you, they don't like you, you know, and really also allowing us to brainstorm what are certain things I can bring to the field. I came from the business side. So I was kind of stuck on how I could transfer those those skills. And now I've been empowered by people within the CBOC community to empower others, right? Especially immigrants, especially children of immigrants who are stepping into the human capital field for them to use their experience and to be change agents. So I did want to also mention that and amplify those experiences as well. Well, thank you very much for that. And and once again, look at another member of CBOC who is leading the way. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. And I want to get to Maria and Imani. So Maria, go. Um, I just wanted to um, touch on what Dr. Raja said. A lot of people don't want our authentic self. I would say if you're in a work environment and you're being called on a great deal, whether you're being considered for promotion or not, they are seeing your authentic self. Um, the first three decades of my professional career, I had no formal education other than high school. Yet I was asked by leadership um, who didn't always treat me kindly. I was asked by leadership to go to meetings where, you know, I sat with blue suits and CEOs to represent them. So the mixed messages are real and the mixed messages can actually feed our imposter syndrome, if you will. But watch what's going on. If you're not being called on and you are leading without being a leader formally, then maybe it's not the place for you. But focus on the positives. I once asked my AD, why do you always call me when a special project is needed? There are so many of us here. She said, well, I don't know if you realize this, but when I first started here, you were the first one to get on my radar. Did I do it intentionally? Absolutely not. But because I led by just doing and not waiting for someone to ask me to do something, very much like Dr. Raja did. If she asked Jeremy to um, be be part of something that uh, she could help with, I would do the same thing because idle hands get you nowhere and it pays off. But like I said, I wasn't always treated well, especially because I had no degree under my belt, Mm -hmm. but I had the experience of doing the work so they knew that I would represent. So, you know, anyone that's that's feeling that in, in big ambiguity about where do I really fit in, think about what's going on around you and see what you're being included to do. Yeah, interesting enough, I just heard this morning, and it's up here in Canada, I'm sure it is very similar down in the United States, 39% of employees are looking for their next job. So there's something going on there. Imani, nice to see you. Go ahead. Hi, thank you, Tom. And hi, everyone. I'm sorry I'm not going to switch on my camera, but I'll speak to the imposter syndrome. I've definitely talked to Dr. Desney, and I'm sure maybe she doesn't even remember, but I talked to her and I was reaching out to her specifically on, on this topic, yeah? And uh, one thing that everyone, everyone, all the above that has been said is is right. But I just wanted to add on to at least to the ethnic, you know, speakers, you know, the ones who communicate, you know, in an ethnic way. That I'm, I'm an example. I've learned a lot. I can now speak thanks to Jeremy and Seabog. One thing that I've used to my tool has been participating. I've been coming to these uh, meetings every Thursday. I'm always in a proper group with Lee. It can give you so much confidence. I understand the people who are, especially the ones who, who are ethnic speaking. Yes, we do have immigrants, all the 
the, the, the children of the immigrants in here. But we do have the people who have basically just come in here and they just ethnic who came in in their later life. Uh, we grew up in a co- collective community whereby we don't speak before our elders. We wait for other people to blow our own trumpets. And boy, oh boy, we need to get over that. I know all this whole inspiration is coming to us. We get inspired. But the moment we switch off these, these meetings, we get back to folding. Uh, people who have been able to hold me is Dr. Um, Destiny, Dr. Martha, Seabog, Lee, the pop-up community. You guys, I don't even know how I got the whole connection of 600 people. I only had people. I only had 14 people last year as of October in my connection. But now I can even post. I have so much confidence. I'm really going out within my about my profession. I have my master's in IO psychology, but I just want to speak on to participating, participate as much as you can, get into the spaces, and you get all the confidence that you need. Because I, the first time I remember, I participated on Seabook, and they told me I was on a, I was on a podcast. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But then at the same time, when when I got to listen to the whole thing, I'm like, you know what? I think it will help me, you know, build up my bio and stuff. So one thing I'll have to give, I'll, I'll say as a message to people who are ethnic speakers, because we face a lot. I've faced even a lot of uh, oppression from my own people who look like me telling me to go back to my own country. So with only such statements every day that we live like that every day, I know every time you do your work to pull yourself up, there is always going to be somebody out there pulling you down, but just keep participating and you'll gain that confidence and you get over this whole imposter syndrome. That's my two cents onto this topic. Thank you so much. Worth much, much more than two cents. And, you know, it's been a real pleasure for me to watch the growth of some of the IOs in the organization of the last few years, including yourself. Um, you. And speaking of, <laughs> we're going to maybe at one o'clock Eastern, uh, start to teach people how to play that horn a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, optimizing your online presence and brand. So, you know, we'll get out and play a few musical notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? At seabock.com. <laughs>